Again. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to episode six, six of This, this is, is the part, part I don't, don't get. get. Oh my god, we didn't even <laughs> rehearse that. We did not rehearse that. I'm Bay. I'm Jay. So how was your week, Bay? My week was okay. It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. It was pretty so-so as far as weeks go. Just a mundane week, just nothing. Yeah, just getting through, working for the weekend. What was the highlight of your of your week? This will be the highlight <laughs> of my week. <laughs> okay, so we better we better make it good. Yeah, yeah. I I think my highlight was watching your one dog hump your other dog. <laughs> I think that was that made my week right there. And it was the smaller dog humping the bigger dog. Yes. As if as if he had no awareness that, you know, the dog's leg was not the yes. party should be humping. Yes, yes. It, I think that there is some sort of positional issues happening there. <laughs> is the there dog. an Oedipus complex? Or, <laughs> I, I don't or understand. Or not Oedipus, uh, Napoleon? I don't understand where that motivation comes from, but... Um, yeah, he he never used to do that before, so maybe it maybe it came with age. Maybe it you know came after a while age. when you you know people are in captivity, they just start doing weird shit. So they, they say that like what dogs a one year in a dog's life is like seven in a person. Yeah. So years. what's seven times five? Really? Yes. Thirty five. So the one is thirty five, and all you guys are older what's, than us. And seven times seven is. Forty nine, right? Good, good job, good <laughs> job. So they're they're middle aged, they're middle aged. You know they got more energy than I do. I'll give them that. Oh gosh, I wonder if my neighbor's car is gonna oh god end up in the recording. If you hear a weird, I I can feel it. A weird bass tone. That's what that is. <laughs> that can be in in our intro music. We can hear it through the wall. Ooh, excuse me. Well, you said that your boyfriend helped you pick a topic this week. So what? Uh, he he did. My uh, my topic is the anti-vaccination movement. Oh, <laughs> we're going deep today. Yeah, we're going a little a little <laughs> dark, a little not so fun and and laughable. Uh, <laughs> I that mean, sounds perfect for a comedy <laughs> podcast. Unless you want to laugh at you know. Why didn't you think of this early? I mean, you know, measles is just. Well, you know, I went through that whole process of. Uh, be- of revaccination last year. I remember that. As an adult trying to vaccinate, it is really hard. Especially if they lose your damn records like they did for you, right? I mean, so I, I got my blood tested and I, apparently my entire life, I was not immune. You're not you given that? the vaccination? No, I was given the vaccination. You it, were it immune. Didn't, it didn't work. What? Yeah, it happens. It happens to a select percentage of people. So I think it was like German measles or the I remember the that because I was like, I didn't know there was a German measles. I thought there was just measles. <laughs> so like I, I got the vaccination like you're supposed to when you're a baby. Well, like they say you're supposed to. I'm sure you'll tell us all about it. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not going to go into too much of the science because it's boring. But... And like you have to in order to go to public schools. At least I'm assuming you do. And then, so I got it. It just didn't take. So I was not immune. You were putting our lives at risk. I was putting our lives at risk. My life at risk because. Yeah, but more importantly, mine. Because I. (laughs) 
Uh, I, I I've, known, I've known her since we were like six, so I'm... It could have happened. Yeah. It could have happened. I I'm, could have infected you, yes. You really could have. So me and I guess a, a select percentage of people, it just did, doesn't take the first time. And you're sure you definitely got the vaccine? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got them. I wonder if it is... Of course, like my a... mom like couldn't remember. I was like, thanks. I mean... <laughs> well, shouldn't your, your pediatrician... Well, well I, guess I don't, you don't go see. to... My... <laughs> Yeah, but, but no, but they send the records to wherever you end up going, right? Your primary care. Yeah, but I mean, but I had gotten it. It just didn't. That one out of all the vaccinations you you take, that was the only oh. one that didn't work. So then I had to take a new vaccine. I had to take a new vaccine. Well, like a, just another dose. And then I had to wait a whole extra month to see if it actually took and get my blood taken again. Yeah. And then it came back and said that I was finally immune, immune. to German, German measles. measles. Well, good. Congratulations. I'm very proud. Of, sorry, it sounds like oh, one of the my dogs. Gosh, are getting, the dog is chasing the cat. There's there's some craziness because we have the windows open and they're like acting like it's. Oh my gosh! Some it's a thing. sunny day. They're like there's air. <laughs> So what did you learn? So, um... Well, first of all, what don't you get? Um, I don't get a damn bit of it. Why the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Why the hell you would think it's okay not to vaccinate your damn kid when years and years of scientific research is all saying, hey, this is going to keep your ass from getting sick. Um, so let me start off with a little, a little story. Um, so... <laughs> In, Story time! Yay! So in December of 2014, a handful of Disneyland tourists left the California theme park with more than just memories of Mickey Mouse and Space Mountain. They also <laughs> left with the measles. Oh! Not the German measles. Not the German regular. kind. Yeah. So this was 2014. Within weeks, 125 cases were confirmed in the United States. Of the adults and kids infected, 110 lived in California, and nearly half had not been inoculated with the vaccine for mumps, measles, and rubella, which is MMR. You hear about the MMR vaccine. Um, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, ultimately the outbreak resulted in 147 mm-hmm. measles cases. Um, <laughs> are, are you having an issue? <laughs> I'm trying to get it out of the so, for those of you who can't see, uh, Bay is trying to escort escort her dog out of the room, but he's uh, playing dead and trying to make himself limp so that she can't get him out. <laughs> she, he looks like a like a slug. <laughs> I'm sorry, he was just distracting me because they were chasing each other. You know, I had a very interesting. I was listening. No, no, you weren't. <laughs> anyway, 147 measles cases after that. Um, the, the, the disease spread because people had not been fully vaccinated, according to a 2015 analysis published in JAMA Pediatrics. Um, the culprit was America's growing anti-vaccination movement. So, for those of you who don't know, which I kind of forgot, um, measles is a highly infectious disease with symptoms including high fever and severe rash. Mm-hmm. In rare cases, complications can lead to encephalitis, a brain inflammation that causes seizures. And I'm pretty sure you can die from that. Oh, um, sure. That's like fluid in the brain. Um, 90% of people exposed to someone with the virus will become infected unless they've been amused or had measles before. 90%. So, like, 
So it's highly contagious. Yeah, like you're you're screwed. So basically. someone at this Disneyland. Well, except just you, because apparently you you have, <laughs> you have some sort of extra well, uh, special chromosomes. Well, <laughs> I guess it's nice that we do live in a in a society where, well, it's obviously declining, but up and like I guess for our entire childhood, the people I came in contact did not have it, and because right. they were vaccinated. Right. Like we. But if it had been the opposite, I probably would have gotten. Right. Like it. we don't even know what. Like I didn't even know what measles was because it's so unheard of now. But now it's making a comeback yeah. with all these idiots that are, you know, not getting their kids vaccinated. Yeah. Um. Um. So there's a little history through the middle of the 20th century. Up to four million Americans got measles each year. Um, and hundreds died, but after two centuries of va- vaccine improvement and subsequent inoculation enforcement, the CDC announced in 2000 that measles had been eliminated in the U.S. So that's that's crazy, like, to go from 4 million people having it to just, like, eliminated. Um, but now it's been popping up in large U.S. cities such as Seattle, Portland, Phoenix, and Kansas City. Um, so this I found interesting. Um, the outbreaks are typically due to white, middle, and upper class parents. Of course they are. <laughs> choosing, can you say privilege? Um, <laughs> choosing not to immuni- immunize, immunize. Immunize. I didn't know that was a verb. Immunize. Um, to immunize their children. And the problem appears to be getting worse. Uh, it looks like, and then they interviewed some co-author of a paper talking about in Texas how 50,000 kids did not get vaccinated. Uh, skipping vaccination is not new in America. The country got its first taste in the 19th century. Like today, many who choose not to vaccinate their children hailed from large cities were educated and earned a decent living. The reasons for opting out also mirror those of modern activists, but instead of refusing MMR, the first American vaccine opponents were refusing inoculation for a virus we almost never hear about today. And then they don't really tell you what, what that, that is. was. <laughs> well, then it goes into like earlier. So it's been going on since basically the 1800s. Um, you know, people just, as when vaccines first came out, obviously, like, I don't think I would really trust the idea of like injecting part of a disease into me to, yeah, when I, I would first, be a little scared. When they first came out, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. So they, it looks like it started around 1892 and like they're, they have a picture of the do not vaccinate with, like, a big snake that says vaccination on it, like, attacking this woman and her child. Um, (laughs) And so, let's see. By the early 20th century, nearly half of the states had vaccine requirements, but enforcement was uneven, and some states repealed mandated inoculations because of vaccine protests. Um, And so, basically, um, like... I think pretty much every state has some sort of law saying you have to get vaccinated, but there's these, like, loopholes where if you have religious beliefs. um, So, you know, there's been, there's a lot of, like, ways around it, basically. Yeah. Um, Let's see. So, um, so the, the, the big, um, like a, a, Kind of the, I guess not resurgence, it's obviously always been, the anti-vaccination movement has always been around. Um, But it looks like um, in 1998, a physician named Andrew Wakefield and his colleagues published a paper um, in the British medical journal called The Lancet that claimed a possible connection between MMR and the onset of autism spectrum Mm, disorder. That's what I've heard of. Yeah, that's the biggest one. Like Jenny McCarthy, she's kind of the big on that. Um, 
it was this little study that the paper immediately sparked criticism and it was eventually retracted by 10 of the 12 authors. Oh. Um, so what I read somewhere else about this guy was that he was actually, um, he was hired by like parents of autism or oh, parents of autism, parents of autistic children to yeah. figure out like a cause. <laughs> um, okay. And, that and was he was hired by lawyers who were like trying to look for like, a reason like someone to basically like blame for autism so like he had an agenda um and the fact okay. that like 10 of the researchers like came out later and said um yeah this wasn't that really a good study and yeah after that like all this research you know because when this came out people were like oh god we got to look into this so tons of tons of research um de um debunked basically this theory um so that was you know it was like this one little blip. Yeah, this one little study, but all the anti-vaccinators, like, they hung, they clung onto this, and they kind of saw him as this hero that was, um, you know, going against the grain, I guess, you know, the anti... He's <laughs> a revolutionary! Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they saw this guy as a hero. Um, so, and then flash forward to, I believe it was last month in March... Um, this story's been going around, but, um, there was a, an 18 year old from Ohio, um, he posted a, 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 something on Reddit where he asked, um, he said, my parents are anti-vaxxers, um, but I want to get myself vaccinated. How do I do it? Um, so he, he turned well, 18. I can tell him. <laughs> oh, really? Well, well, anyway, he ended up getting like really famous from it. Um, and he ended up testifying, um, in front of the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions, um, and underscored the importance of "quote unquote" credible information. Um, in it was mostly his mother, um, which and she believed that vaccines were dangerous. And he says that um, a lot of this was in, of what she read on Facebook. It was like not really accredited sources. It was just these posts she read on Facebook. Um, he said that um, Facebook or websites that were linked on Facebook is really the only source his mother ever relied on for her anti-vaccine information. Hmm. And so he kind of called out Facebook for saying they need to do a better job of, like, of not letting, you know, these, all this misinformation spread so fast. Mm -hmm. um, so um, Facebook responded saying, we've taken steps to reduce the distribution of health-related misinformation on Facebook, um, but we know we have more to do. Um, the plat the platform said it was considering reducing the appearance of anti-vaccination material and search results and and groups you should join like suggested groups and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Oh, and sorry, I didn't say his name. His name is Ethan Lindenberger, and it's creepy. Like he said, you know, he he cites all these like, you know, CDC, World Health Organization, scientific <clears throat> journals, and he said he would debate it with his mom. And, um, when he would tell her, he, um, he would, she would just say that, like, all the facts are, um, you know, conspiracy, or no, That's I'm sorry, her, she believed in the conspiracy theories, and she would say that the CDC is funded by Big Pharma, who pays the agency to push vaccines, um, she didn't trust any of the sources he came up with, she, she thought vaccines were a conspiracy by the government to kill children, oh my God. I'm like, 
But the, well, the but then how did she survive? And and here's the thing: her older kids before Facebook, she got them vaccinated. But then she saw this crap on Facebook, and then just I guess all of a sudden decided. But it's not like this kid even had autism or anything. But that's interesting because like like you said, like you've got other children, they're fine. Yeah. You did it when you were little, you're fine. Right. Your child's father probably had vaccines. Right. And they're fine. Like why all of a sudden? I guess maybe just paranoia, anxiety. Something uh, something must have happened to her and these people along the way to make them just not trust. Yeah, suddenly, yeah. I mean, no one fully trusts the government. I don't think, I think everyone's like, you know, has their opinions about, you know. This, like, that, and the other. Yeah, like, you know, there's there's definitely a lot that goes on in the government that we don't know about. There's a lot of, you know. Area 51. Yeah, there's a lot of deals that are made <laughs> that we don't know behind the scenes. And yeah, I understand why you, people don't completely trust the government, but... I mean, I think when it comes to, like, research that's been done over and over and, you know, multiple sources, it's not like it's all coming from one source. Yeah, and a lot of them are probably and independent just look at, agencies like, that have facts. nothing to do with like, the government. Measles is gone. And, yeah. You know. And, yeah, obviously no one wants for their kid to be autistic, but it's, like, because of this one study that, you know, from a very biased researcher came out. And we're just going to, like, cling on to that and then ignore everything else. And, I mean, part of me, I feel kind of conflicted. Like, I'm, I, I guess I don't want to be angry at these people because I, I do believe these people, meaning, like, the anti-vaxxers, because I think they do honestly believe that the yeah. vaccination. And you want them like, to they have think, the freedom of choice. And they think they're protecting their kids. <clears throat> and I do, it, it is a great line where, like, I don't know if people should be forced to vaccinate their kids, but it's, yeah. like... But they also shouldn't be allowed in Well, I definitely don't want to be the one to make that choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a fine line. But it's it's also like a it's a public health, you know, issue yeah. too. Yeah. You know, it's not like this is only going to affect your kid and no one else. It's, this is going to affect yeah. everybody your kid comes into contact with. I think with. that it's easy for them to just think of just their own child. And not yeah. necessarily, like, if they were to get mom's measles, German measles, whatever, rubella then they could easily transfer it to somebody else. And it's kind of, that's kind of like removed from the situation. So it's easier to just think of your own child's safety, which I definitely don't blame them for wanting to do the best for them, their kid. Yeah. But I really would hope that they would look into other sources other than Facebook. And, and like Jenny McCarthy, like, come on, like, what is her credibility? <laughs> well, she has a son with autism. That's okay. Her <laughs> that's, well, so do a lot of people. I know. And they're not, you know, know, making these claims. So, yeah, I just, I really, I guess the biggest part I don't get is why, why you would trust a, a source on Facebook over, you know, journals. Yeah. And, and I think coming, you know, from like a psych background, like I, you know, we had to look into a lot of research and you probably did too with, you know, writing papers and reading a lot of journal articles. And it's like the amount of like, of checks and balances that they go through and, and to become an accredited source. Yeah. It's so much, there's so many people that have to look over your work and you have to go through, you know, if you're getting your PhD, you got to go through like the dissertation process and, um, you know, just people just tearing apart your work. And yeah. so I think it would just be so hard for anyone to just get to that level and still be making stuff up without somebody, you know, raising awareness to it. Um, but I mean, I can understand the whole big pharma thing, but, vaccinations you don't you don't pay for them right 
Um, if you don't have insurance, then you have to pay for it. So yeah, insurance does cover it. Yeah. Like mine, mine, even as an adult, when I had to take it a year ago, mine was covered. And, and the guy who, who in, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the guy who invented the polio vaccine, he gave it for free. Right. And that's why. Oh, that is above my pay grade. I do not know. (laughs) Yeah. I think. But that was an epidemic. I'm sure. But like he could have made tons of money. If he had decided to sell, but out mm-hmm. of the goodness of his heart, he gave it for free. And they say, like, that pretty much is the only reason why it, it you know, so many people's lives were saved. Just because he made it available. I could be talking about the wrong vaccine. I don't know. <laughs> the wrong man. These are not the facts, people. All right, smart people, <laughs> call in and tell us yes, the truth. Feel free to email us if we get something wrong. <laughs> You know, like, obviously be nice about it, but feel free to email us at thepartidontget at gmail.com because, like, there are clearly I, things that we... Yeah, I just... I literally printed these on. out at work today. <laughs> and I was highlighting them in the car. <laughs> Were you really, like, at the stoplights? When I was waiting for our Chinese food. <laughs> oh I was like, God. all right, I gotta combine these articles and make them into one. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of... That was a weird laugh. That was, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was a lot... That's a lot of paper over there. I You've know. got, like, pictures. Uh, well, that just came with the article. There's a picture of this little girl from, like, the 50s with pigtails getting getting a shot, and she, like, looks really excited about it. I'm telling you, that would not be me. I, like, I had a freaking meltdown when I was a kid getting a shot. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember my brother, like, freaking out and you know like he's older than me so he's like supposed to be like the tough one and he was like screaming and crying and they almost had to like hold him down yeah i was and i wasn't that i remember bad, but being I was pretty... proud that i didn't have you were reaction. probably laughing like, <laughs> <laughs> oh i was laughing at him i was like what is wrong with you like i knew it hurt and i didn't want to take it but i was like at least i'm not like screaming it's all in the anticipation you know yeah. you get that alcohol rub Absolutely. and then you see him you know they pull it out and it's all long and you're like oh, that's why god. the finger prick for me is the worst oh my god the Isn't finger it? prick is the worst that hurts way worse because it's like they hover it over your finger for like the longest period of time before they go click. I know. And then, and then they have to like put that oh, weird little thing. And then they up squeeze out it. the blood. <laughs> I, know. I can't look at that part. I can't. I'm like, Ooh. that I just, and then like your finger hurts. I mean, this sounds so stupid, but then your finger hurts. all. I day. know. It's like getting a paper cut. <laughs> I'm like, geez. But, but yeah, that, that was, my so, topic. did you find any reasons why, like, to help you get this situation a little bit more, or you're still on the same stance? What the anti vaccination? Anti anti vaccinations? Yeah, like, do you do you understand it any more than you did before when you didn't get it? Um, I I understand the distrust in government part, um, but it's not. There wasn't anything eye-opening that said, okay, this makes sense of why yeah. why they wouldn't get their kids vaccinated. I think having a, a kid with autism is, is really challenging, and I I have no idea what that's like. And But I, I think, you know, you want to find a reason. You want to find a way to prevent somebody else from, from having to go through that. And it's easy to have something to blame and you know, this little bit of research comes out and gives you like maybe some hope and, um, and it, it kind of gave him a scapegoat for, yeah. for autism. And so I think that has a lot to do, um, 
you know, with with this big uprise and anti-vaccination Yeah, because if you movement. can find a reason, then you can potentially find, like, a, a, a way to prevent it in the future. Right, right. And, you know, it, it they probably got upset when it's, when they were told, you know, oh, that's, that's not real. Yeah, because then know. it would have been easily preventable if that was the case. And, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, not to get political, but with the president saying alternative facts and convincing you that everything in the media is, is wrong, um, it, it, it does cause you to distrust mm. a lot of things. So I think that probably didn't help either. Yeah. So that was, hopefully your topic is a little more uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise it's going to be a downer, I downer mean, day. You know who I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you're really counting, <laughs> you know, I thought maybe you were having an off day and did something, <laughs> doing something uplifting. Oh my gosh. Maybe. Go figure. <laughs> Well, so I was having the hardest time trying to come up with something. And, like, I usually make my list. and like, I go, like you. I feel like you always have a topic, like, I, the next day. I usually <laughs> do. But I feel like, 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 I, like, went through my favorites already. And then I was just like, you know, I need to keep, keep, keep this trajectory going of something, like, really awesome to talk about. But also it has to be something that I don't understand and something that it's I don't hard. get. Sometimes it's hard because sometimes I'm like, I do get it, but it's still weird. <laughs> yeah. So this, I would say, like, I don't, I don't get the people that believe in this, but I have to say, I'm also a believer as well, so I don't understand <laughs> why. You don't understand both sides. I don't understand why I believe in something like this. So my topic is going to be about cryptids and a specific cryptid. Do you know what a cryptid I is? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So a cryptid is an animal whose existence to the present day is disputed or unsubstantiated. So some of, some of the, okay. the cryptids that we are aware of are like the Loch Ness Monster yeah. uh, or Bigfoot and stuff like that. But like that I find to be Those are adult, cliche. adult topic. So I'm going to be specifically talking about the Mothman. The Mothman Prophecy? <laughs> <laughs> that is the movie depiction of what I'm about to talk about. But yes, the Mothman. I, I didn't know there was like a real backing or possible... Oh, yeah. I mean, they all say based on true events, but... Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, I've always thought the Mothman was a very interesting story... I lean towards, like, wanting desperately to believe in something like this. I don't know if I 100% do, but I, like, really want it to be real. And I remember watching the, the movie The Mothman Prophecies when I was much what, younger. Like and being grade or something? Being like, oh, my out? God, this is the most amazing. This is going like, to make me scared to drive home <laughs> <laughs> by myself. Is, I remember being, like, really um, into it and, like, being like, this is, this is, like, I need to know more. So, um, so the Mothman is reported to be a man-sized creature with wings, otherwise also known as a cryptid. So, um, much like that of like a man-moth hybrid, like if you can imagine that. So the Mothman is something that has derived from specifically West Virginia folklore. Um, well, we know this West Virginian. <laughs> and it, it can or has been reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area as far back as November of 1966. Okay. Um, so on November 12th in 1966, five men were digging a grave. <laughs> Uplifting! Yeah! In a cemetery in, Western, in, uh, in West Virginia. 
And they claim to see a, a, quote, man-like figure fly low from the trees over their heads. And then later on, the, the quote, figure was then named the Mothman. Ew. So then a few That's days later, so <laughs> a few days later, two young couples from Point Pleasant told the police that they also saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when it was reflected in the headlights of their truck. I wonder what they were doing. <laughs> just something just related to saying. a based <laughs> <laughs> oh I was thinking something else like hooking up oh I thought you meant doing drugs and that's why no <laughs> no although that's a very good point PCP <laughs> um they also said that it looked like a large flying man with 10 foot wings and that it, f- it followed even followed their car like as they were driving oh my driving it god so, during the next few days, other people reported similar sightings, um, and even two volunteer firemen saw it and said that it looked like a, quote, large bird with red eyes. Ugh. So, a sheriff and a wildlife biologist at the time claimed that they believed that this was just just them mistaking what they really, what, what they saw for, for just birds. That was um, the size of a human being? So, for example, um, the... The biologist, the wildlife biologist, said that it could have been a large American crane. Um, apparently, they can get almost as tall as a human, and they do have, like, a 10-foot wingspan, like, when it's fully open, their wings. Okay. Um, and then they also have reddish coloring around their eyes. Okay. So, that you know, so they were just kind of saying, like, oh, this isn't real. Yeah, but, like, a human body and a crane body are very <laughs> different. Maybe it was dark. Not to mention the face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, what is perhaps the craziest part of the Mothman story, and, like, this is the thing that I was most intrigued by, I remember it when I first saw the movie, and then when I read into it more, is that the Mothman is supposedly connected with a big collapse of of a bridge called the Silver Bridge, and that was in December of 1967, and the Silver Bridge collapsed, and 46 people died. Mm. So there were all these cars on it, and then it just just collapsed. Mm. And lots of people got hurt, and then obviously 46 people died. But people claimed to have seen the Mothman near the bridge um, before or around the time of the collapse. So some people think that the Mothman is like an omen. Kind of like in Harry Potter, how like oh. Sirius, like the black dog, is an omen yeah, of death. Yeah, like the so they think the that Grim Reaper. So they think that the Mothman has been seen, um, just to kind of like as an omen of something bad's gonna happen, and like that to me, I just like I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> you know, more depressing. I want to know more about this. So like that is what I really want to believe in stuff stuff like that like i i i think that things that are supernatural and stuff like that are really interesting and i want to believe in it do i actually i'm not 100 percent sold but so I, you're, you're telling me if you're driving and then you see a big giant man with wings you're gonna be like yay i was no, something bad happened probably you're like yay not. i was right <laughs> <laughs> probably probably not but i don't need to see it other people can see it and they can see it for me and then describe it to me later. 
Um, but yeah, I'd probably be really freaked out if I saw something. But what about all those other people that saw it and nothing, I'm assuming nothing happened to them. I guess we don't know. No. So nothing happened to them other than this bridge. But there, so there have been reports of a, of a Mothman as far as Russia, even, Mm -hmm. um, um, in the nineties. And even, even today, people claim that they still see the Mothman. Um, so for, oh my God, I can't pronounce, folklorist. Jan Harold Brunvand notes that Mothman, the, the Mothman has been widely covered in, in popular press. Um, and then I found a lot of this on Wikipedia, but I found it on some other sources too. So he said that they usually, um, um, the recountings from 1966 to 1967, um, that at least a hundred people claim to have seen the Mothman. Um, with many more, quote, afraid to report their sightings, but observed that written sources for such stories consisted of children's books or sensationalized or undocumented accounts that failed to, quote, identifiable persons. So Brunvan found elements in common among many Mothman reports, and much older folk tales suggest that something real may have triggered the scares and became kind of, like, woven into the existing folklore. So kind of like a mixture of the truth versus, yeah. like, stories that they may have heard and, like, what actually did happen, um, which could very well just be completely made up. Some also believe that many of the sightings were just the result of hoaxes and pranks um, that came after, like, the original two um, sightings. Like, they heard about it and they were like, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to get on in on this and I'm going to call in my sighting kind of thing. Um, but people like UFOologists and paranormal authors and this is a this is a legit cryptozoologist. Oh my god, I want that job. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the people who like I guess study, study and believe in cryptids. This. Cryptids specifically. Yeah. They claim that the Mothman they claim that the Mothman was an alien or a supernatural manifestation um, or a previously unknown species of animal. Now I don't know about that, <laughs> but that's what they that's their two cents. Um, but in 1975, John Keel wrote the book, The Mothman Prophecies. Um, and then, so John Keel claimed that the Point Pleasant residents experienced precognitions, including premonitions of the collapse of the Silver Bridge. So, like, in the book and then later on in the movie, the Mothman is, is connected to, like, um, like, like ESP-type stuff. Like, you know, see, like, future. So how, that... How so? Well, like, I'm not sure, because I haven't read the book. I don't think I ever will. But in the movie, like, they would get these, like, weird phone calls, and it would tell them that something was going to happen. Oh, I do, yeah. And then, like, they would see him, or I'm assuming it's a him. Um, <laughs> well, moth, it's moth man. Moth person. <laughs> um, and then, like, something bad would happen. So it's kind of like how they say it's an omen. So, um, like that, that, like the Mothman is a sign that something bad will happen kind of thing. Um, so, um, in that book, Keel suggested that, you know, that there were precognitions and premonitions of the collapse of the silver bridge. 
unidentified flying object sightings, visits from inhuman or threatening men in black, and other types of phenomena. And after Keel suggested that there were supernatural events related to the sightings and a connection to the collapse of that bridge, the Mothman became, you know, more popular in the public eye. And then, of course, you and I both know about the story because of the 2002 Mothman prophecy starring Mm -hmm. Richard Gere. I I couldn't remember if it was him or or Kevin. uh... You know. He went from Pretty Woman, you know, to... For some reason, I thought it was Kevin Costner. I, I always get them confused. <laughs> and the, so the movie was was based off of Kiel's book. Okay. So, like, even today, like, there's, like, this big Mothman statue in Point Pleasant, and there is a wow. annual festival devoted to the Mothman legend every really? year. What, do people yeah. dress up like moths? I... <laughs> I don't know. I just pictured them, like, wearing wings. Moths! <laughs> Get your moth costume, kids. I, I, now, like, I tried to find as much information about this as possible, but, but so much of it was, like, just forums and blogs and stuff. Yes. So, like, I do not know why they, they called it a moth man. Like, the statue honestly kind of looks like a butterfly man, in my personal opinion. But, like, and why, why, why a moth? Why not, like, bird man or something like that? Like, but the wings that are on that statue, yeah, I'm picturing butterfly. They were more wings. butterfly mothy. Well, maybe the, um, maybe the coloring. You know, butterflies are usually colorful. I just I don't know, but like so, a lot of that supernatural premonition, precognition stuff, I have to to lean towards. It was probably um, came from like that book. Like it was probably you know editorializing and and sensationalizing and embellishing the real story. Um, to make it, make it more interesting, you yeah. know, um, and to like give the Mothman like a purpose, like if it did exist, what would its purpose yeah. be? It can't just be a weird man moth. Why <laughs> would we have those? Um, so, so like, I think that that's kind of where that came from, but people still to this day do believe that the Mothman is a sighting, maybe someone, is an omen of bad things to come. Maybe someone invented a jet pack way before they were actually <laughs> known. And he was testing it out. <laughs> so I, I tried to find like, cause like this is this is the thing that I don't that I don't get is, is like why am I even I, um, who I consider myself to be a realist like why am I drawn to to these stories like why do I believe that maybe Bigfoot's really out there, you know like or maybe there's some sort of under like you know, cave at the bottom of the, of that lake where the Loch Ness Monster lives, (laughs) or maybe the Yeti's really there, you know, like, like or Ogopogo, or, you know, all these things. It's like you learn in theater class, like the um, willing suspension of disbelief, because it just makes things more exciting, you know, it makes life more exciting. But, so, like, I would like, why, why do we still, why do people believe in cryptids? Why do we believe in the Mothman? Why do we believe in cryptozoology um and i tried desperately to find um as research on based on like the psychology and like the information on that and that was a challenging find i will tell you (laughs) um but i found um the chicago maroon which is a a news uh, which is a news site um, a professor at the University of Chicago, he studies the psychology behind people who believe in the Mothman. Oh, um, wow. His name is David Gallo. And he has previously studied 
quote, he has previously studied the cognition function and memories of people who claim to have had contact with aliens. Let me guess, it's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) And so, quote, some of Gallo's research indicates that those who believe in things like the Mothman might process stimuli differently than those who do not believe. Oh, wow. Someone who is more intuitive and less analytical might value different aspects of experiences, making them more likely to hold such beliefs. So Gallo does not see this as a problem, Gallo explained that once these sightings begin, they often snowball as people become more exposed to them. Yeah. Which would kind of connect with the idea that some people thought, well, maybe these are hoaxes and pranks, pranks, hoaxes and <laughs> pranks um, that, that, you know, just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger after the initial yeah. two Yeah, or the story, sightings. it's like the game of telephone where it yeah. starts as one thing and it turns into something else. Yeah. So he says, quote, there's a tendency for individuals who are more scientifically minded to be very, very skeptical. Yeah. And to be perceived at least to be disparaging towards people with these types of beliefs, in the beliefs in cryptids. I think that, and he says that he thinks that that's unfortunate. He, Gallo continued to say, I think that we hold fantastic beliefs of one kind or another. I want to make sure we're having respectful dialogue about these. <laughs> so I, I thought that, that was interesting. And, oh, end quote. Excuse me. For, I always forget to do the end quote. Um, I thought that, that was interesting, and I, I kept trying to to go on and try and find like more of a reason, like you know, how are do we still have people um, who believe like that they live amongst us, like yeah. on planet Earth, in the wild, like that show Finding Bigfoot had a hundred episodes, wow. and it was on from two thousand eleven to two thousand and eighteen. And they call themselves squat. What is it? Squatch watchers. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, now maybe there's just the show to just. Maybe they were just faking for the show, but like, there are people out there who like camp out in the woods and try and find. Do they butt. ever show sightings of him on the show? I've never watched it. I. They must. I've they caught, must show you something. I've caught a couple minutes of it, and there's like rustling in the woods, mm. and then there's lots of running, and it's kind of like a Bigfoot version of um, like the Blair Witch Project. Almost. Oh, okay. Um, but there's no, you there's don't see no like, a like big legit. And oh my gosh, man. we left these traps and all the foods eaten. <laughs> something got to it. Oh my! I wonder how that happened. You know, couldn't have been a you're, bear. You're in the wilderness, you know, with other animals. You know, <laughs> a squirrel. There's no telling what could have eaten that. Um, so I, I also found on the National Geographic, um, news.nationalgeographic.com, an interview with um, these two guys. One is a is a writer, Daniel Loxton, and one is um, Donald Prothero, I think is how he says it, or Protero. He's actually a paleontologist. Um, and they, t- they wrote... Abominable Science, Origins of the Yeti, Nessie, and Other Famous Cryptids. Oh, cool. And, um, and they, they basically analyze, um, the history of mythic creatures and clues to their existence and, in, and, like, why we believe in these things. So I, I think that these guys, uh, from what I read, it sounded like they were skeptics of, of cryptids. They, they didn't really believe that they were real, but they wanted to know, like, where does this folklore come Mm -hmm. from? And they were saying, like, you know, you know, the idea of these larger animals and, like, they would have had this wide range um, and territory and that would lead to them 
probably being cited a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and that they they think that, you know, some of this could just be misidentification. Yeah. For example, the large crane mm-hmm. could be the real Mothman. Um, and then they were saying, um, they said, myths grow around what we've seen before. So, yeah. like, like, like the folklore, like the, the weaving of things that we've really seen. Yeah, there's, like, a little bit of truth in it. And then, you know, stories that you've heard and, like, trying to, and, like, your brain kind of combines them together. Yeah. And creates this And we're, you know, studies have shown thing. we suck at, at memory recall, yeah. you know? And yeah. we remember things based on what we're currently feeling, so... Oh, we do? Yeah, like... Well, so, um, emotions play, have a strong, like, tie to memory. Like, you're more likely to remember something if you have a certain emotion connected. But, like, even if, if you're feeling a certain way, um, it's gonna, like, if I'm feeling depressed, but I'm recalling a happy moment, like, I'm not gonna remember it, like, as happy as maybe it was at the time. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of, like, a, a little example, but... You know, I, I think, and we're definitely influenced by what other people say, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I would think that, like, um, your memory would be affected um, by, like, how much stress you were under, too, when, yes. the, when the incident occurred. Yeah, when you're under stress, you're, pretty much all your functioning, like, goes goes down. So these people, I, 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 from what I read, it sounded like they were scared or freaked out, definitely surprised yeah. and shocked. Yeah. So who knows what, what they really saw versus, you know, like, what they said they saw. Yeah, I went to this, like, uh, self-defense training for my work, and the the guy was talking about, he worked in the police force, and his friend, I guess someone came into his house and, like, came at him with a crowbar, was trying to rob him, and so, unfortunately, the the cop friend had to shoot him in the head, and he was saying that, I know, that's a very um, depressing sidebar. That's intense. (laughs) Um, but he said, "Oh my gosh!" He said that they purposely wait like two days until they get the full story or whatever. Oh, really? Um, or for in order for like before he can go back to work because he said things kept coming back like that he remembered like little details here and there because okay. at the time you're like so freaked out like you don't remember, you know, you just probably remember the overall what happened, but the little details come out like you know as you start to to process everything. So I don't know if that. That really has anything to do with it, but, you know, it's, it just goes to show that we aren't the most reliable with, uh, with, uh, getting things across. Yeah, so, I, I just, uh, I just didn't, um, I don't know why, but I desperately want the Mothman to be real. I don't, <laughs> creepy. It's not I, like he's he's the Mothman that's spreading cheer and joy and that's that is very true. telling you good things. But maybe like I think that omens like give us hope that we could potentially change an outcome. Okay, I like see that. like if we see an of like an omen of of bad fortune, then maybe we could somehow try and find a way of changing it. Although like they would say that you know that's impossible. Like whatever you know. The people who believe in this would say, like, you know, destiny is destiny, and whatever ends up happening is what happens. Yeah, I mean, happening. if Final Destination taught me anything, you can't, you can't, you can't <laughs> you have escape to look for the death. signs. You have to look for the death signs. Death has a plan for everyone. <laughs> you have to look for the signs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And I think maybe the thing that really got me was, like, my intense fear of bridges mm-hmm. and this bridge collapse being in the story. 
And maybe that's why, like, it was, like, really... Is that your... Is that what you fear is going to happen when your honor bridge says it's going to collapse or that you're going to fall off? No, I feel like I'm going to fall off or drive off. Oh. And that something terrible will just, like, like, literally just make me go off the edge. I don't actually believe that the bridge will collapse underneath of me. Which, who knows? Maybe after telling the story, that will become my new fear. We'll have to Yay. wait and see. Just add it to the list. <laughs> we'll have to add that to the list. But, like, I don't I I have, I physically feel, not so much anymore because I've done a lot of work on myself trying to, like, get over that fear. Good job. But, um, is, like, let's say five, six years ago, if I was going over a very big bridge, um... Like, for example, the, there's a really big bridge, I think, in Chicago or Detroit in that area. And then, like, or, like, the Golden State Bridge or, like, the Brooklyn Bridge or, like, the Chesapeake Bay Golden Bridge. Gate. Yes, that is the one. <laughs> that is the one. The um, one that they show on Full House on the intro. Yes, yes, Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> like, if I was going on one of those bridges, I would literally feel the sensation of falling. Like, oh. it, while in the car. That's how I feel when I go on roller coasters sometimes. Yeah. Before but those actually do fall. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, yeah, I just feel like if I move even a little bit, I'm going to fall out. Like, when you're going yes. up. So I would be in like, my get really seat still. in the car. Doesn't, didn't matter where, so where, if I sat in the front or the back, didn't matter. And I would feel like I had to be so perfectly still. Yeah. Because otherwise something was going to make me Like you were going to cause it. And then I was like feeling like I was literally on the edge of like a cliff ready to fall. And if you like moved a teeny bit, you were going to fall off. That was it. You were done. It's so weird. That was it. So now like I can go on these bridges. I am incredibly uncomfortable. But as long as I have something really specific to focus on, i.e. music... Um, and I'm just like focusing on like the song and singing and that helped me tremendously to get into that routine of being able to just sing my way across a bridge and like focusing on that versus that sensation, that feeling, that physical feeling. Just distracting yourself. It's crazy how powerful the mind is. Like it can like completely like render you helpless. Yeah. And it can, it can, like... It can trick you. It can you. turn against you. Yes. Like, make you a prisoner of your own body, basically. So, who knows? Maybe these people who saw the Mothman, their brain turned against them. Maybe it's uh, one of those shared delusions. <laughs> yeah, shared, see, that's like what I... Like a shared hallucination. That's what I tried... That's what I really tried to Google. I was, like, trying to, like, research, like, mass sightings. Yeah. Ma- and then everything that kept coming up was... Um, was mass delusions at that, like there was no sightings. Mm -hmm. It was just like, um, and then mass hysteria kept coming up, but like, I wouldn't consider this to be hysteria. Um, like I, I didn't, I wouldn't say it was as, as intense as that. So like, I was like, this isn't going to help me. Like there were all these articles about that and I just couldn't find anything that would that would be related, but I found those two sources mm-hmm. that I thought were a better source um, to yeah. To I mean, kind the fact back. that anyone studied this specific Mothman and the psychology behind it behind it is pretty cool. Yeah, I'd be interested to read that book about like the origins. A lot of the like, I bet that has some psychology. Yeah, in it. abominable science. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to have a little reading club, little book club. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
that's it. This has been episode six. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Yay! Email us at the part I don't get at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook. We'll upload this episode really soon. Of course, by the time you're listening to this, it was already uploaded, so that was a really stupid thing to say. But uh, <laughs> they can listen to it again if they want. <laughs> but have a great couple weeks, and we'll see you in a little bit. Or we'll hear you you'll hear us oh you'll gosh. you'll hear Just us in a little bit <laughs>